0: Welcome to the Run for Your Life podcast. This is your Canadian co-host Shannon Liliev of Mindset Events Canada, um, and today um, it's it's a special day. Well, here in Canada, it's Thanksgiving weekend when we're recording this, and I just wanted to give a shout out to my friends over at True North Pacing. They gave me the opportunity to run a half marathon as a pace bunny today, so I even wore ears. But um, it was it was an experience that forced me to slow down, forced me to um, run for something other than myself. And I think that whole experience kind of fits in with the guests that we had today. But I'm going to throw it over to Melissa because our guest today is a a friend of hers from across the pond. So Melissa Kahn Griffin, my beautiful American co-host, take it away. Oh, thank you, thank you, and
1: welcome to the Run for Your Life podcast. And I'm honored to be here with my beautiful co-host Shannon La La Lulu Lemon. Um, I have a, a new nickname for her every time, but she's beautiful, and I love her. And I am super proud of our our guest today, Vince, Vince Montgomery. Uh, what can I say about Vince? I met Vince a couple years ago in a small village in England when I wandered in. Um, when I had some extra time and, and Vince looked at me and even though I probably said to him something like, Hey bro, can I have a diet Coke? Uh, Vince, Vince looked at me and said, I see through to your heart and I'm going to talk to you today about something that happened to me a long time ago. And then an hour later, I was just kind of standing there in tears thinking, who is this, this, this man who just spoke right into my soul. And, and ever since that day, I, I, I loved Vince and, and Vince's wife is amazing and the people in the shop. And I, Came to be a a pretty uh, big regular, wouldn't you say, Vince, in the uh, in the butcher shop there?
2: Definitely, you were. uh, Although you uh, you weren't very happy, you always had a smile on your face. (laughs) I was, I was a little. In your back pocket, hey. Yeah.
1: (laughs) A little emotionally wrought at the time, and uh, went through some stuff. And Vince was by my side the whole time. And 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 Vince has an incredible story. Just you know, in our podcast, we always talk about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Like like we said before, we hit record. You know, most people would walk in and think, "All right, there's this really nice butcher," and you know, eat, you know, whatever. But we oftentimes, and Shannon, you and I have talked about this on previous podcasts. How often do we take the time? to get to know the people that we deal with on everyday life, the people, what, what do we know about Vince other than, you know, when I met him, he had dreadlocks down to his his uh, bottom half. And, you know, he was kind of like thug life butcher wearing a, a suit every day. And you're like, man, this is just doesn't make sense. And then you get to know the person behind the facade. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I just, I just fell in love with who he is and, and his message and, and as a person and he's just so peaceful so so with that let me welcome Vince welcome welcome to the podcast and we're, we're so glad to have you here today
2: thank you Mel thanks Shannon it's a real pleasure to be here
1: and talk us through you know we, we talked slightly before we hit record but talk a little bit about how, how you got to be this incredible insightful kind of person you you're giving lectures now to corporations in England on on all of these things I want to talk about that what what made you into the person you are today how how did that all come about?
2: I, I believe that um, we all go for our own pain, There's nobody that can say they've had a great life. We've all got um, stories to tell. Um, my personal I was um, abused as a child, so started life um, in a quite a difficult, quite difficult way. We were, we um, got, I got into lots of trouble. I got expelled from school. I started drinking really heavily at an early age. The consequences I got myself into petty crime and violence. Um, and by my mid-thirties, I've been through the whole penal system. I've been to assessment and What was then brought to finally finally Um My best friend got stabbed and died in a street fight. So I drink this I can even more heavily. Um, and I've attacked some police very very after. So I got myself put back in prison, discovered drugs in prison, and come out and took everything I get my hands on. So um, I ended up on heroin stung quite badly towards addiction and it was my children that actually um, helped turn my life around because uh, they weren't going to come and see me anymore. I had a little one-bedroom place and they was coming and see me on the weekends and they said dad if you can't do what you're doing we're not going to come anymore. So I had no choice but to get my, my act together. I lost everything else so that was that was really important to me. So I went to college, turned up there as you know Mel, dreadlocks hanging down my back, uh, my clothes were all ripped and I You know, how they let me in, I don't know, because I did look like a tramp. I'm not joking. Laces were were broken in my shoes. Um, Jacket was all, anyway, I've gone in there and I expected pretty much to be told to leave or escorted out, but that's not what happened. Um, They were so caring and and what really struck me was how non-judgmental they were. And they enrolled me on a course and it was the wrong course, as I thought at the time. It was a holistic course which was aromatherapy, reflexology, body massage, Indian head massage. And you can imagine the state I was um, turning up at a course like that. But it, was, it turned my life around because I, the first probably week I was there, they got us massaging each other. And some crazy lady who decided not to judge me would give me a shot, led down and I massaged her and she fell asleep under my hands. And I could not... sorry, yeah, it choked me up a little bit. I couldn't believe it, you know, that somebody actually um allowed me to do that and trusted me like that. And it turned my life around, you know.
1: It, and and it's amazing too, it just be based on, on everything you have been through. Like you said, um, you know, going to prison, being on hard drugs, your best friend got stabbed yeah, and now yeah. and now all of a sudden you see the soft side of life, right?
2: Oh man, the soft side of yourself. You know, and that set that can set you on a journey because um when you believe we're conditioned in of or we leave out um social conditioning. But we're conditioning. We are literally like a computer we are programmed by what happens around us when between the ages of zero to seven approximately the mind um doesn't work we are born with literally the basic programs for life which is survival program so that's your swallowing that's your digestion things like that that's all we can do so the um the mind that's there to analyze create filter and learn is dormant so everything we we're surrounded with all our experiences go directly into the subconscious mind and are stored as a program and then when we're out in the world that program reflects back into our conscious mind it becomes our urges and our behaviors and our habits so if you had a, a bit of a rough start in life and you go out there and you look, i certainly had this suspicion anger uh, and, and fear mainly fear um so if anyone came near me then i would I would find myself uh, responding really, really negatively towards them, and as I got myself in much more, tr- it was always authority figures because often we were, it was authority figures that caused us problems when we were children. So I always saw authority figures as as problematic. So as soon as they approached me, I was already on the defensive, which made the situation worse. Um, and in the end, like I said, I punched a teacher at school, and that was the final, that was the final straw. They, I was out of there and then um, every time I got myself in trouble I came in front of authority figures and literally being judged I was in front of judges who, who told me they all told me I was a bad person I was a bully I was this I was that and that's all programming that I took on board and then when so anyway you come to the end of that and you meet someone who doesn't do that and you carry all that suspicion with you but you bump into these people and they and they treat you completely differently. And first, it's shock; it's cognitive dissonance. You can't accept that somebody's going to be kind and considerate and unjudge and not judge you. You know, when you've gone 35, 40 years of your life being judged, it's very difficult to break that mental pattern in. But, the, but they did do that. They did they me. I mean, the the lady that ran the place actually bought me a, they found out they had me tested i went down to get some books they told me i was entitled to get these these books um and they asked me to fill some forms in so i ended up chucking form back in their face i refused to do it and i didn't know why i just had this aggression towards forms, so maybe i thought maybe you know trying to get people telling me what to do i'm not having none of that but it wasn't it was dyslexia which is why i didn't get on well at school because i was dyslexic and no one had had to pick that up so of course that caused problems i was always in conflict with with teachers and and I didn't like the work they were giving me. I refused to do it. I could not see the, the validity of it either. But anyway, they had me tested. They said, "Listen, you're have dyslexic. This is why you've been having problems." And um, they, they also kept, they kept asking me to come back each week and help. They'd help me fill this form and help me fill that form. But actually, they were they were levering me into um, into um, counselling. So they got me come back week on week and before I know her, I was deep into counseling and they started helping me dig out through the stuff. And that's when I first was told that I was abused and that was a shock. And I still find it hard to say when I tell, when I say this to people, normally if I'm doing a, a lecture, I will say ill treated because no one likes to believe that they were abused by the people that are supposed to love and care for them the most in the world. And then when you fall into a relationship, you find that um, you you judge that person harshly because you think if my parents couldn't love me, then I mean you love me. You obviously are not a sound person to be around if you can love me, but he couldn't. So you find yourself self-sabotaging relationships. So that happened for a long time, also. But anyway, I've got a lovely wife now. Again, she took so much from me, and I was still on Harry when she when she met me. You know, I was still drinking really heavily when she met me, but she. She met me, I did her feet. And um again, she just went out. She just collapsed and, and she was gone. And that was it. That connection was was past all the um because you're not talking. When I do people's feet, I don't talk. I just go into this empty space. And I we used to, when you get into mindfulness, you understand that we all have that empty space in us. The the subconscious generates an echo that comes through the mind, that mind echoes through into the body and that becomes our behavior. But that's not who we are. 95% of the time we are thinking. Therefore 95% of the time we are in auto response or autopilot. When you learn to come into the here and now, the mind can't exist in the here and now. The mind only exists by, by reliving the past and fantasizing the future about the past. So if you bring into the here and now, if I say to you, really focus now on the way you're sat on that scene and listen to your breathing, listen to the way your arms are resting, feel the weight of your body. And if you're truly listening to what I'm saying now, you'll find your mind's not working, it'll be empty, because you're truly in the moment. So that's, and that's what I discovered by doing reflexology, because it took me straight into the moment somewhere I'd never been before and I'd always been reliving the past and fantasizing about the future negatively based on a negative past. So getting yourself into that, that moment, becoming mindful was just a, a, a mind blowing experience for me. And something flows through you as well because you're flowing through the, from the purest part of you. And when you interact with somebody, your your that pure that purity of you is going into them and how, you know, how, Mind-blowing that is to have somebody fall asleep under under your touch, you know, or you work on somebody's feet and you can see them physically relaxing. You see them just melting under your hands. It's like, my God, you know, and that's when you tap into this part of yourself that that, that you that most of us are completely unaware of because of our programming. You know, society wants us to be and needs us to be in a certain way our, our education system is an indoctrination system we go into school and we're fluffy wiggly woggly shapes we're full of potential hopefully if we've had a good star in life we're full of potential you know we are innocent yeah we carry that with us we go into school and slowly they pat that down and they change the color to a gray shape they knock out there they knock out the unis and you become society's tool. And by the end, when you come out of the school after they've shaped you and squashed you down, if you don't fit neatly into this box that, that, that society needs to perpetuate itself, then you become a reject, you become a dropout. You're not going there's no place for you. And that's what I was. There was no place for me and thank God there wasn't. You know, because I couldn't be here talking to you guys today. I wouldn't be who I am, where I am today. So none of it's negative, but we, but we, we if we don't know that we, there is another part of us, we are convinced in the Western world we are convinced we are our mind and its contents. We're not, you know. I think, therefore, I am. As Nietzsche said, think as Nietzsche. Hello, what if I don't? I mean, cease to be? No, I see, I become, because you are you are behind all that programming, you're behind all those urges, that, that habitual behaviour. That's where you are. And most of us never discover that. And that's a, that's a real shame. Um, even when I look at mindfulness, how it's being taught, it's it, I don't know if I can say this, but it's bastardized. I don't know if that's the right word to use and it can be used. But that's what exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. We have something that's so beautiful, and so pure it's been passed down from generations. I went back to Egypt, I chased history back to Egypt, to find out the first corruption of, of, um, of, of a human soul, I think is probably the right word, or human nature would probably be a better, more appropriate word. At one time, the Egyptians, who were deeply, deeply spiritual people, they never had slaves. Slaves didn't exist. If you've been to Egypt and see the beauty that they created, yeah, no slave would ever put that much of their selves into a carving. They simply wouldn't do it. They wouldn't put that, that much of that love and attention into a painting. They revered these people they worked with, and wore. Um, it's just beautiful. You can tell the, the nature of spirituality there. You can feel it. It's it's saturated in the walls. It's just beautiful. But they and the, um, the Egyptians moved every two hundred and fifty years because the ley lines of the earth flick over every two hundred and fifty years. So they would move and rebuild their city on the the new the new ley line. They kept their souls in line with with the energies of nature. They were fully in touch with this. And they knew the importance of it, it? because it kept the balance. It kept their their male and female energies balanced. Um, The priests of the day refused to move. They said, we don't have to move, we're not going to. And at one time, we've all seen this where they would hold up a a set of scales and you would weigh the heart against a feather that's symbolic again because the heart has no sin if it's if it's a, a heart sorry a heart that has no sin has no weight it's as light as a feather so it was a symbolic ritual they used to do and and they were trying to explain to to later generations well as the the priests refused to move and stayed where they were they started selling little dolls like they monetized sin they said to you if you don't you don't have to um, you don't have to move and, and be in line with the earth. You come to us and you pay us money and we'll sell you these little dolls. And they showed you the little dolls they used to sell them. And they started, and they said, the more dolls you have, the more sin you can, you can uh, be involved in. And we can forgive you by, by selling you these dolls. And they started painting. The paintings later were drawn on the thing with, with them holding their hands underneath the scale where the heart was, and they were holding it up. They were saying, listen, we can take, we can rem- absolve you of the, the sin of your heart, um, which was a dangerous message to put out. And they wiped out the um, the, the, the Egyptians, the, the true Egyptians. You know, you look, if anyone can look into history and see, see Tut Ankh Amen. Now those words, Tut Ankh Amen, we all know what an Ankh is. You know, that's the, that's the energy, that's, that's the flow of the energy of the earth. That's how it flows. That's what an is. And um, he was done in at an early age, you know, and they say, we don't know how he died. Well I, well, I can give you a good shot how he died. You know, you have tutmosis, there's some really important people that, that left their society and, and carried on living the way they were supposed to live. And they were, they, they pretty much wiped them out. You know, the greatest Egyptian ever was a woman. You, no one ever knows that. You have to go into history to look at that. She made Egypt great. You know, women in all societies have, have been the most, most pivotal. They've been the most, it, still in nature. We've come away from nature, but if you look in nature, it's all the female that runs the pride. And if you go into ancient civilizations, it's still the women that run it. Yes, absolutely. Do you know what a woman is? You're the gateway from the unmanifested into the manifested. I like this.
1: This
2: (laughs) This is a fact. You manifest souls from the unmanifested into this world. You're the gateway. Do you know how important that is? It's mind blowing, how important it is to know. It's mind blowing. But of course, the the male energy destroyed that. Any trace of a a female has been wiped out. And it's all been male orientated. Mm-hmm. And women now are trying to fit into a man's world. and you are giving up your femininity to be to compete with men and doing it on a very, very strong basis as well, by the way, you' become infer- but look at what that's doing to the world we're in. The balance is becoming so masculine. even the women are becoming masculine. Mm-hmm. People now are confused about about their own sex. you know they don't want to be dealing with no gender. What are you talking about? You're a male or a female, come on. This yin and yang. I vote yes for sex, just mm-hmm. for the record. Absolutely, absolutely. But we've got to discover who we are. I mean, you go into a church. And when you walk into a church, you see that the the front door is actually the shape of a mm-hmm. And the, the, when you walk in and you pray, the the it's always a mound. It's a dome that represents a woman's pregnant stomach.
0: Oh, I didn't going, know that.
2: Yeah, you're going back. Look at all the great the great um, cathedrals. They're all domes. And they've all got the, that, that arch when you go in. And when you go in, what happens is you, you, you go back into the womb. You're going back into innocence. You, you, you mould your sins to, to the great whoever that is. And then you leave and you're reborn. You're reborn as an innocent person, ready to start your life again. Mm-hmm. You know, and all this stuff has been hidden, taken away from us. You look at, I mean, the symbology in the, in the churches is amazing. It was all pagan, by the way. Mm-hmm. that's why there's no tree in every church because that we, we used to or pagans would worship at the mighty oak and that's where we get the yule log from etc you know it's all, it's all pagan they, they knew that if they carried on building it around there really doing it around pagan sites and the pagans would still come there but they'd be worshiping in their church instead of, so it was a symbolic thing it's very clever that's why the, 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 the vicars always stand and you look at Vic and face in the east the sun rises in the east so they stand in front of the sun but one time the pagans would worship the sun so the, the vicar stood in the way so you start worshiping it, the vicar yeah sorry it almost, it
0: almost feels like like we've forgotten all of this like yeah. mel and i have chatted with uh john fraser who is uh like a forest bathing expert and you know some other people we've talked to it's like we 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 need to go back to nature we need to go back to who we are and it Definitely. Like there's this this resistance like when we talk about you know it's important to spend time outside and be in nature and think about who you really are and it's like people don't want that it's like no i can't like it seems like there's so many people who resist that and who push against it and you know, because I felt sort of like, oh, that's so out there, that's so new age. It's just like, but the freedom, the peace that I found in doing that, it's like, if you only knew the feeling you would get from embracing all of that, like, why is there so much resistance to coming back to who we are?
2: It's because Fear. we're wrong. And I would say when you said about spending more time outside, I spend more time inside, inside yourself. Yeah. You know, we, we need to go in before we go out. You know, there's we, when we go out, we, we, we're looking at the five senses, and the five senses are very easy manipulated, and we have been manipulated for thousands of years. You know, when you go in, you shut, you you bring down the body, you steal the body, you steal the mind, and you go behind the subconscious. You discover who you are, and then you, The idea is to collect that first, and then take that into the world. Now you're taking something valuable into the world when you interact with people that's what you that's where you try and come from Sorry,
1: I, I have a question isn't that is what i was saying is the biggest obstacle that is fear right because we're, we're all afraid of what we're going to discover when we look inside right yeah w- what's what are we going to see in that and that's I, shannon goes to your point of what why are we not doing that why are we stuck i think a lot of it is is in it fear of what you're going to uncover and
2: and we're scared of our own emotions we're scared of what we're going to uncover right that's all programming though you know all you're doing is you're peeling back they are not you your emotions are not you that's that's key right there that's absolutely key that's programming that's the symptom of a program that you that you receive maybe at an early age you can receive programming through trauma that's another way of esteem. Habitual is another way. But, but trauma is another way of being programmed. So, and it doesn't need, some people think tra- trauma has to, be, has to be big, has to be this, this massive event that happens in your life. Absolutely not. You know, the smallest thing can create trauma. Um, trauma is when the conscious mind shuts down and the subconscious steps forward, which is the fight or flight response. like again, the reptilian. The reptilian mind, yeah. absolutely so that'll get that's a survival that's our basic our base base the instinct we were born with and that's there purely for protection so if once that's that that, that stress response has been triggered, which is the fight or flight response which shuts down the conscious mind then anything that you experience is going directly into the subconscious to be installed as a new program so this can be as simple as someone walking up to you and say what the f are you looking at bang conscious mind shuts down but you're waiting for the fight or flight you've triggered a response bang so suddenly comes, someone you respect or someone you don't even know walks up to you and says something to you and and you you find that you you want to run or you want to attack them you you're, you're accepting programs you are now being programmed so i know that some of the things that were said to me were was not said in a in a traumatic way but a massive impact on my life you know, so if someone says to you, let's just say, for instance, you've had this, Mel, you're fat. Now that's, um, you know the impact, the trauma that that can have. And it's not, it doesn't have to be someone walking up and you see this massive event where someone, you know, like a soldier experiences. It doesn't have to be that. It can be very, very small, but a dramatic effects on you. But that's not you. The symptom will be that you will now feel very insecure. You will now feel fearful. You will now sit there and cry and maybe eat and maybe actually put more weight on to try and put layers of protection on you so you can't be hurt as much again. That's not you. That's a symptom. So what we do is we have to get behind the symptom. So we know that we have feelings and we understand that. And they could be good in, in, in certain circumstances, but when they, when they run you, when they, when they cause you problems, you need to get behind them and say, listen, why am I doing this? Why do I feel like this? Why do I think like this? This isn't me. Because I tell you what, every person I've ever met, I know inside them is this, is this, this deep spiritual person that is absolutely at peace with themselves. But we've, we have these layers that have been given to us. And they, we've, been, we've been purposely wrapped, had these things wrapped around us. And sometimes, with, accidentally or innocently, these layers have been put on us. But the only way to find out who we are who we really are and experience ourselves is to peel back their layers. So when you do steal the mind, or you steal the body first, then you steal the mind, and, and that's just about bringing yourself into the moment. Sorry, Shannon, you would.
0: How so? no, like, how do we do that? How do we help others do that? Because I I feel like I'm self-aware. You know, I've been through therapy. I I read. I learn. I I think. I ask those questions. But I see so many people who don't or who aren't willing or aren't ready how do we I guess invite them to do that how do we help them get to the point where they're ready to start peeling back those layers
2: Um, I think the the first and foremost is I see I've come across too many people in my life that are that are liars they they we get sucked in by some of these people and they say that they're they're trying to promote one thing and when you actually get you find out that they're not telling the truth and i've come across a few people like that and you end up going on your own and i think that's the smartest thing is to get the idea find out it's easy to do that's the bottom line because Mm -hmm. it's you all you're doing is discovering yourself you know that's this is not rocket science when you know that your your thoughts are not your own they're coming from a place, an echo, of a, they're an echo of a program that was put into you when you had no idea it was there for the first seven years of your life, you'll be in program minute to minute, day by day, year to year. So you have no idea what's going on. That's, that's somebody else's behavior. That's somebody else's programming. And don't forget, these people that put that program into you were unaware as well. They had no idea what they were doing. So it's not been done in any malicious way. Sometimes it's, the result may be malicious. The symptom that they they had was malicious, but it wasn't malicious, it was just the way they, that was their symptom. But we, we accept these programs to see that the parents are passed on to the children directly, because they don't know. And you take your child into an environment and you hang around other people that have the same symptoms as you, birds of a feather flock together, they're they're programming your children. So with the first seven years, we we accept a massive amount of programming. We know that if you give a child to a person until they're seven, they'll hand you back the man. You will then be programmed enough, that programming will set you off through life, will dictate how you approach and experience life. Then you have your um, habitual behavior, which is very often Um, prompted by your childhood programming because your deepest urges come from your deepest programming your urges become your thoughts your thoughts become your actions your actions become your habits and that that ends up reaffirming your childhood programming so you find yourself in this cycle, this perpetual cycle of making the same mistake over and over again Mm -hmm. if you don't sit back and question yourself and understand that this isn't you this isn't your programming you are not your thoughts that's I know that is as a fact. In fact, I am literally not my thoughts. When my thoughts shut down, that's when the true me steps forward. And meditation, mindfulness meditation is where it all starts. I've tried every route to get, to try, I've picked this apart like a ball of string and tried to find the truth at the center of it. And every time I do, I come back to mindfulness, to meditation. And that's why it's been handed down through antiquity. Our ancestors knew this this would bring us back to our true selves. And yes, Mel, there can be a a journey that can be scary for some people. We only have two emotions. Every emotion we ever have comes out of these two emotions. And that's love and fear. Fear is the opposite of love. They say hate's the opposite of love. No, it's not. It's fear you if someone loves loves somebody deep enough they will go through hell for them they they will do anything for them that's because there's no there's no fear there and if somebody doesn't love anyone they will do nothing for anyone they'll be scared to do it so the opposite is fear so you have um anger anger is a result of fear suspicion is a result of fear you name any emotion you can put it in one of those two categories so there's the only two emotions we have so the The mind is very, very good at picking up and playing with and emanating fear. It's very, very good at it. So we will always look at a negative situation in the past, and we will always predict a negative situation in the future because of the past. So we find ourselves stuck in this fear cycle. We have to break that. And if you look at society, your our lowest vibration is fear, and that is the lowest chakra, the red chakra. So if we can be kept in fear by society, we function on our lowest level, we are most docile, we're most easy to manipulate a scared person. If you see someone running scared, you point in the direction and tell them it's safe, they'll run there without any question. You've got someone who's calm and still and it's all running on around and someone tries to manipulate them, it's much more hard, it's much harder to do someone who's calm and still and assesses the situation, not in fear. It doesn't allow emotions to, to dictate their actions. They're cold, and they're, you know, take that cold calmness about you. I love that. There is no reason not to. And, and if I can, do you know what I mean? I say, it, it, I don't know, it's, it's hard to express the, the state that I got myself into. I was buying, Drugs from a dying cancer patient, grinding down and injecting them. You know, I was in a real, real mess. So, and and again, I got myself in trouble. I was a real mess. That's the bottom line. So, somebody like me, coming from that background, can say to you, "Listen here, I've, I know how calm you can become. I know how still and how how much you can value your own self." um, Then anyone can do it. And of course, we're all at different degrees. You've got, we assess people, we judge people. That's the hardest thing, is the fact that we judge. The worst thing we do is we judge ourselves. That's the worst. You will judge yours. I think I listened to a podcast of yours the other day where you were talking with Chris and Shannon yourself, and you and um, 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 your lovely husband said that, it's, it's that we judge ourselves. And I, I sat there and I was, you know, I was fist pumping for the man. Yes, we are the worst judges of ourselves. And I think he said something like, no one will judge you harsher than you will judge yourself. You know, and I'm, I'm bang, Chris, yes, I want to run and pat him on the back because he's, he, he's so correct. We have no right, no right. We don't have enough information to judge ourselves. Because we don't understand our programming. We don't understand why we have these symptoms, these urges. We have no idea. So how can you judge yourself on that? You can't because you don't know yourself. What, know thyself and to thine own self be true. You have to know yourself first. And to know yourself, you have to go in. You have to go back past these layers of conditioning. Once you get past those, find out who you are. Then if you want to judge yourself, have a go. And you'll find your won't because you can't. Because you, there's nothing there to judge. It's, it's you know what you are. You discover the, the purity of yourself. You discover your true connection with nature. You know if you if you look at the what, a thing that will hit anyone somewhere along the line that goes into mindfulness and into meditation is you will realise that you are not your body first and foremost. Then you'll realise you're not your mind. You'll realise, but then you'll say, okay, what's driving that? I know the route down that the subconscious drives the mind drives the body but what's driving the thing behind the subconscious what is that because you're getting back into who you really are and that's a mind-blowing journey that's when you start to reconnect that I when I have when I meditate not all the time but I've had some real which is why I've done those little podcasts, those little blogs, those little videos, because I meditate and I get this thing come to me, either it's audio, like an audio thing that I can interact with, or it's a video that I watch playing, literally like watching a film go, but it happens so quick, like it's squashed down, like it's concertinaed, but you can see every single part of it. It's like a near-death experience. Anyone who's had that will know what I'm talking about. You get this, you see your whole life and it's crushed and It feels like what happens in a second. You see the whole thing, but you fully understand it and you're at peace with it. Um so it's it's that if anyone's experienced it listening, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um and then so I've got to do these podcasts. But um I had this thing and it said, um, what part of you because I've always hated this thing called God, whatever whatever you want to call it, you know, there's many names for it, but whatever they call God, I've always hated it. How the how dare you? Who do you think you have the right to create me and roll me down the alleyway and into the company you put me into? And not only that, I was treated very badly. But then when I went into the world, I treated other people badly, really badly. So it, to me, it was just one big negative experience. Why would you do that? What gave give you the right to, who had the right to, to create me? Who had the right to create you, Shannon, or you, Mel, and put you what, to what you've been through? Who had the right to do that to you? You know, it's. I don't think anyone has the right to do that. So I've always been angry. say, so how dare you? So I meditated anyway. And this voice came and it said, um, do you consider yourself to be imperfect? I said, absolutely. Absolutely I do. He said, so you would change something about yourself. Would you change anything about yourself? I said, where do you want me to start? I've got a list as long as my arm. Where where, where should we start? And he said, "Um, what part of you is not creation? I said, I'm all creation I? I'm a creation I've been created I am I am creation yeah I get that or every part of me is creation yeah he said I am the creator so what part of you is not me if I'm the creator I have created you what part of you is not me I said well I if you create of yourself I must all be you I am your creation. Okay. Yeah, I get that. So I'm your, I'm all of you. He said, what part of you is not me. What part of me is not you and what part of you is not me. I said, well, I'm, I'm all you and you must all be me. How can you separate something that created you? How can you separate a child from yourself? Okay. It's impossible. It's you. You gave, you created that thing. And we go back, we chase that right back to the, the origin, the original creator, it's created everything. There is nothing that isn't been created by the creator, whatever you want to call that. I don't believe in God. Let's just say that, that God is this big white stick. That's a load of rubbish. That's what we've been, that's programming. But we are created and, and we, we grow to uh, everything in creation, grows to a thing called Fibonacci's golden section, which is a mathematical equation. There is nothing that exists that doesn't grow to that equation. Mm-hmm. and we're all striving towards that perfect number 1.1 1.6318 I think it is and it goes on it just keeps going on so I know that we are we are we are created to a, an exact or as exact as it can be mathematical equation the whole of nature is so we are orchestrated so if there is an orchest- if we are orchestrated there must be an orchestrator of some sort Again, not what we've been told it is, but there is an orchestrator. So this thing's saying to me, "What part of you is not me? What part of me is not you?" I get that. So I must be all of creation. It's said, "And if you are me and I am you, who are you angry at?" Just a, the, the,
1: I mean, that's really it's deep. You got you got to really chew on that one to uh mm-hmm. to really to really fully comprehend all that. You have to
2: actually sit God, there and chew on that for a long time you have to do it you'll never understand it now unless you do it yeah you know it's like it's like you're an alien and i said to you i've got a sweet and i want you to taste it and it tastes sweet it's got an orangey taste to it it's a bit sticky it's a bit fluidy in the middle you're like, what the hell are you talking about i'll tell you what pop that pop that in your mouth now try it oh i see what sweet means that yes that's what it means oh i see what an orange tastes like now yes that's what it tastes like I know what fluid is i got that now there's no way that you can give this to anyone and this is the this is actually the beauty of it is the fact that you have to do this for yourself and when you've done it for yourself you are you will be so eager so yeah, so um it's so wound up to want to give it to people and you talk to people, and they will, and they, and they seem not to want it because we're programmed. Unfortunately, we're programmed not to look inside. I mean, there are some institutions that tell you, if you look inside you, you will find the devil. Damn! Now there's a bit of fear for you. There's yeah. some, there's something playing to your fear and keeping you away from who you really are. Hey? So we have to we have to bypass all this programming. We have to look inside ourselves and you will realize that if you are not separate from the creator, you are the creator. And if you look at a woman staring in the mirror, go and watch a woman give a, give life to a baby. And then the fact that she is a creator and you help create that comes to you pretty, pretty damn quick. Mm-hmm. You are creators. You we are all creators. Mm-hmm. We have, there is no separation between us and the thing that created us. We are it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And again, that you, you can't, you can't get the, the 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 gravity of that until you've experienced it yourself. But when I when I had that um, meditation, I came straight downstairs, which I wanted to do, and I go straight on the internet and I try and research to find some validity for it. And I and I and I found this thing called string theory. Now, string they they split the atom. And I can go into the atom as well. Adam and Eve. Adam. Adam was actually atom. Adam and Eve. I won't go into that yet because I've got, I've got a mouth like a torn pop in a hurricane. I've got to try and get one thing. <laughs> so I started to try and find out what um, is is there a a one connection? Is there a one thing that we've all come from? And can we ever pinpoint our original our original source? um so i found this thing like i say string theory and string theory says anything of the same origin can never ever truly be separated from itself it always becomes one because if this creative force is in everything and is around everything is it lift a rock and there you'll try find me? me twi- split a twig and there you'll find me i am in i am out i am everything there is nothing in creation that isn't the creator it is everything because it is it is creation we're breathing it it is us. We're saturated in it. We're no different to a um, creation like us being a, a fish in water. Say, what are you talking about? Lift it out of the water, then you know what we're talking about. It's all the fish doesn't know what water is. We don't know what the fact that creation surround us. It's everywhere. It, we can't be separated from it. So they got the atom and they split this atom, and they and this professor was turning, spinning one atom round and having a look at it, and he's. Um, his helper noticed that the other atom was turning, and he said, oh "My God, you're turning! How are you turning that?" He said, "I'm not. I'm turning this one." He said, "Well, as you turn this, that one, this one's turning." So they watched it together, and as they turned it, literally turned exactly the opposite. When he turned one left, the other turned right. They said they must be communicating. Long story short, they realized they weren't communicating. They were never ever separated. Mm-hmm. They were, they, there's like a, an elastic band between the two of them, but it's an invisible elastic band, as we are. There's an invisible elastic band between us and our creator. We're no different to if, if the whole of creation was a bucket of water and it got thrown out into the universe and it broke up into its droplets and we become one of those droplets. Oh, we separate from creation. Oh, we are. You are creation. Experiencing a, a, a physical universe. You're collecting information and you're feeding that back to the story channel. You was going to say something there.
0: No, I just, so if we're, I do, I do believe that we're all connected to something and especially after having kids, it's like, if you can have kids and not believe in miracles, I don't, I don't know how, right? Because I have, you know, I've had two children, I lost one and I feel like that to me, they're each a miracle. But if I also, I feel like, does that mean we're all sort of we're all connected to each other too?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the thing is, our individual, individuality is the individuality of those droplets. When you go behind, now, if, if you and I sat in front of each other and closed our eyes, now the physical, the physical difference is gone because I can't see you anymore. Mm-hmm. If we both go behind the mind, then the, the mind that creates our attitude our uh, expresses our programming is gone. Now that's, that difference is gone. If we go behind the subconscious, we are both functioning from exactly the same place. We are reconnecting to our true roots. So our individuality gets broken down the further back behind the facade. We go, it's, it becomes a, um, a veneer. So we start to pick that veneer off and we start to find out who we really are. And we realize that we're not separate. We are all the same. We are all creation expressing itself uniquely in a physical manifestation. That's all we are. So the the, the sum of our parts is greater than us because it is the sum of our parts. We are all feeding information back to that thing. So you are creation's unique experience express. Ex- learning about the world, experiencing the world in the only possible way that you can you, if all three of us stood in a line and we all observed something together, we will all see something different in that. We will have a unique experience of that. So that's three different facets looking at the same thing. So if we were, if we could see ourselves as, as mirrors that creation looks through to experience the world, and gather that information back. So creation is experiencing the physical world through every single one of us. Does that make sense?
1: I mean, it definitely, I think, I think we're all connected on, on so many different levels and we find, you know, we find them in the, you know, the way I found you in the most random of places mm-hmm. and the most random of times, um, we find those, those connections and um, you realize, wow, you know, we, we really are, we really are connected.
2: There's, there's a, a lovely saying that um, all accidents are recon- unrecognized laws. Yeah. unrecognized yeah.
1: Laws I, I, I'd also like to point out that in the history of our podcast, I've never talked this little, Shannon, would that's you agree with
0: true. that? That's true. That's very true. Mel has never been this quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes. that's, that's a big compliment
1: to Vince because, uh, you know, I would just go, go in and see Vince and just kind of bring a cake and start eating and let him talk to me. And, uh, Vince, I do, I do want to ask you, um, a question that we do ask many of our, our guests. So you, are you game for some, some folly? Oh, can you, I think your mic is, is, uh, can
2: you, can you right hear me?
1: Yep. Now I can. Okay. Um, especially because you're British. Um, this is my favorite question. Uh, Tell me what you think when I say this one word, what comes to mind. I know you've listened to the podcast before, so you're, you're going to, you already know, but let's talk about watercress, Vince. What do you think about watercress?
2: Uh, sandwiches. Watercress oh. sandwiches. You know, when we were kids at school, that was one of the, the highlights of school. We used to go in there and, and we kept and we used to grow watercress and we had watercress sandwiches and milk. And that was a real highlight at school. That was one of the you know, for me, that was very special. Come say the school dinners, they were very, very special. You know, people knock them. How can you knock that? Really? Yeah, man, that was the best meal of the day.
1: Sandwiches. Okay, I, I still, Sandwiches. I can't. I, I brought, I, I smuggled some seeds home, and oh. uh, don't, t- don't tell the government. But uh, I, I have them ready to grow, and winter is our growing season. So I'm, I'm going to plant them in containers
2: in the backyard, so we can have
1: watercress. Um, I can't say I'm really excited for it.
2: <laughs> what we've got to do is draw a put a face on the mud and then put the watercress in and it grows out as the hair <laughs> that'll
1: be perfect like your very own chia pet
2: exactly yes
1: <laughs> it will it will have more hair than chris anyways
2: <laughs> a little bit cold mel but
1: okay heartless that's okay i'm still working on, on finding my inner beauty <laughs> Oh, uh, mate, that's there <laughs> Oh, you know it, it, it's it's yeah. always it's always a pleasure to get a different perspective, and and certainly you you bring things to a whole new level of deepness for people to um, to really explore themselves. And Shannon, I know we'll, we can share the links to some of Vince's yes. YouTube videos, and yep. I think there's a lot to be gained by by going inside yourself, and and you know, like you said, it's the scariest place to kind of start with when you still still the body, still the mind, and then then all hell breaks loose. But then eventually on the other side, you have, um, you have that piece. And, uh, I, I want to thank you for sharing that with us. And, you and have a, to, you have what, a, what a, what a pleasure to have you on my podcast. I'm really excited.
2: No, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm pleased to be here. I'm, I feel blessed to be here as well. You know, for you to invite me is a massive thing. So thank you very much. Ah,
1: oh, well, and thank you. And I know that, uh, in England,
2: where's your next, where's your next lecture going to be? We've got one, uh, um, sweet where's that, that lecture with frosty i don't know i don't know so i'm terrible he sent me a, he's given me the date which is the 28th of this month oh. um, and i'm not he will send me the address he i he did t- he told me where it is and i can't actually remember where it is. okay
1: well, well we'll share that as well we have uh we have a huge following in in england so and i'm actually speaking on the 28th as well it's for the arthritis oh. foundation what um, are you doing i'm speaking uh to uh, at a fundraiser for the arthritis foundation oh cool yeah i don't know what i'm gonna say yet they only gave me five to eight minutes and usually i get an hour so i'm really i think i'll just and say I
0: like mel likes to talk so yeah, yeah. there's there's a um,
2: just a, a quick one before oh, uh, sure. how long have we got before we... no
0: yes what, what what do you we want
2: to hear what you have to say yeah. a really important one that, that, that ties into you guys because a lot of you are looking at, at weight management because that's what you do. Your your run heifer run for. Yeah. Can you speak
1: speak more into your microphone for me? I'm having trouble
2: hearing. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I'm gotcha. whispering. That's what my problem. Um, this the, your run heifer run is all about people managing their weight, um, and, it's, it's a and very, their lives. Yeah. Very noble cause and, and their lives absolutely. But it's, so it's again if we look at that as as a symptom mindfulness is a wonderful way to get behind those symptoms and when you get behind them you find that the urges that were, were driven originally start to dip, dissipate you know I, I come to a stage where I didn't want to take drugs anymore I just didn't fancy them you don't fancy alcohol anymore things just naturally change so although as you rightly said earlier the concept that it can be scary which is a mind-generated fear that it can be scary going within it's not you're living in the most scary place you can live in, and that's in the mind. So imagine if we can just shut our minds off. So if you could just close your mind down now, tell me how scary that would be. If all those thoughts and those feelings all just shut down. That would be nice. There you go. So it's not scary at all. There is a concept that's scary um, because the mind will hang on. It will do and The ego will do anything to hang on to its identity. When you go behind that, when you shut the thing down, you're closing down the ego. You're closing down the mind which there's not there's no fear there you're, you're stepping into the unknown but the unknown is empty and that's where you are that's the true you so it's a beautiful journey and it's one that's full of um of, of self-discovery it's full of peace it's full of love it's where your true essence is you know the mind is where is is where you are not you are not what you think you are you know, and 95 percent of the time you're thinking. So for 95 percent of the time, you're not who you th- you're not who you are. You're not your real self. Your real self. You're a conditioned echo. Hmm. You know, you're 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 regurgitating um, pre-programmed behaviors. Wow. <laughs> I I, th-
0: I think you've given our listeners an awful lot to to digest to think about. But um, I are I feel more at peace just listening to your voice. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 yeah Vince has that way calming, just sitting here and listening and um I I hope that our listeners uh check out your videos on YouTube and and start this journey you know back into themselves and to discover who you really are because I do think society has spent so much time telling us who we shouldn't be and who you are isn't right and who they it,
2: need you to be they need you to be a important person to perpetuate this system. Yeah. If, we, if we all discover who we are, we find that we don't... The, the, the veneer, like I say, of the, the, the veneer that, of having a decent car, having this, having that, falls away. And if that falls away and we start to find the real value of ourselves, which is in our, is in our peace and tranquility, when you be absolutely at peace with yourself and at peace with the world, then these things, again, lose their attraction. Yeah. So if we all do that, then these people that are making billions of pounds out of selling us this garbage that we don't need mm-hmm. start to lose customers and that's not good for them mm-hmm. so there is a fear for the system for us to do that so the system has a, a vested interest in not allowing us to discover we, who we are which is where we go back to you said earlier shannon why is this information disappeared because it was it has to disappear for the system to perpetuate itself a um a uh, a consumerist system or a capitalist system can't survive in an environment where people are awake. It can only, it, yeah. it in a, an environment where people are convinced that that's how life is supposed to be lived. That's who they are.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when we stop living in fear of our thoughts of who we are, and we start living in love, it just...
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, I mean, who wouldn't want to live from a place of love? love for each other of love for what we have a love for who we are and and you know like we've said loving who you are is it's we've been told we shouldn't we've been told not to and it can that can be one of the hardest but at the same time the most freeing things I think we can do
2: in the mind again you know when you say i can't i shouldn't i'm not i'm this that's because you were programmed to think that you get behind that program and that melts away it no longer has influence over you you discover who you are and you realize that you are once you know that you are a creator you are creation expressing itself how can you you love everyone loves creation you go out into the garden you look at the plants growing the trees it's beautiful isn't it you know it's so peaceful So how can you not love that? You know, what I don't like about myself is the program I've been given. I don't like that. I'm not gonna judge it, it is what it is. We need to go through this for us to truly value who and what we really are. Mm -hmm. We have to value the things that are valueless, And that is the, 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 the consumerist system. That is, it's valueless. We're not, when we eventually decide to go back to our source, we're taking none of this garbage with us. That's right. Here, that's going to be this this car that you value today, this this lovely house that you value, that you spend so much time painting up, is going to fall to be rubble very shortly after you're gone. It's funny, isn't it, when you when somebody leaves the house, when you find an empty house, you notice how quick it gets the windows get stowed in, notice how quick it becomes derelict yeah. because the the value of a human being, the value of anything, is not its exterior, it's not its its structure, it's the space within what makes a home? the walls or what you put within the empty space within it it's what you have in that empty space and that is no different to a human being this this is just a structure it's a housing for the most valuable thing that we have and that's a spark of creation that emptiness when we go into that emptiness that's when you'll find your true value that's when you'll find who you really are
1: i think i think there's there's no more powerful message than that i i i think that um, with it, it, it that, that's a strong one to end on. I mean, I just think that that's, um, that that's it in a nutshell right there. And if we could all get that and grasp that, I mean, what, what a great place this world would be. You are not your emotions. You are not the mm-hmm. sum of those thoughts. That is such a powerful message that you brought to us. And so many people need to hear that. There are so many of our listeners who are struggling right now listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, all three of them to be fair. Hi mom, um, <laughs> that makes two more. But everybody who's listening is going through struggles and, and looking for some way to relate and say, How, will this help me? And and I think that if, 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 if there's a takeaway, um, you know, I've, I've always found you to be uplifting in the years I've known you and you, you know, but the, there is that takeaway. It's you are not the sum of your emotions, your fears. Mm-hmm. That You are so much more than that, so stop. Stop allowing that. I just, I just want to say a huge thank you for uh, for taking the time to be with us.
0: Yes, and, um, thank you so much.
2: What, just, what a, what a I've just been producing for some other people, some people that went through some stuff uh, along with us when we were children. Some some med- mindful meditation tapes from little sessions, and they found them really, really helpful. So, if you like, I'm more than happy to produce one to put it up for so you guys who really want to experience mindfulness. All you do is you plug it in, sit there, listen to it, and you can do it. Led down, you're best off doing it just before you go to bed because the mind goes into theta state. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's when the conscious mind's shutting down and the subconscious is coming forward. So you do it then, and and you you can start to reprogram yourself.
0: That'd be and, great. Awesome.
2: Well, I will do that, and I'll I'll give I'll hook up you guys, and then give you a shout, and then I can maybe you can paste it up for people. Please yes, forgive absolutely. me, I've done those myself, and I'm not a videographer, as you can see by the videos. I have no idea what I was doing, but it was the message was more important than the shell that came in. So you'll find there a bit. That's
0: that's varied. what we believe. It's important to get it out there <laughs> and and be real. We we appreciate you. Thank you so and much. Thank for you so time. much.
2: And thank you for inviting me again. I say it's a real pleasure. I genuinely, from my heart, it's a real pleasure. Oh, I love it. I'd love to see you. you That can put this message out and get people back to themselves, the the, the less messed up this world. If you change yourself, you change the world just a tiny little bit. You know, so if we all change ourselves, we've all changed the world. You know, so it's because we're part of it. You know, we can't separate. So thank you all very much.
0: That's beautiful. And thank you so much. And we just want to remind our listeners to keep running for their lives.